뭐야? 소독해? 창문 닫아. 나도 봐. 공짜로 집안에 소독도 하고. 이스 보는 로하스 팟캐스트 에피소드 112. I'm Nick Rojas. He's Nick Boyle. What year did we just see? I think it was Back to the Future. So, <laughs> what year would that take us back to? 1985. The best movies of 1985. That's what we're doing today. No, just kidding. <laughs> we're seeing. We're talking the best of 2019, the worst yes, of 2019, the most yes. underrated of 2019, and oh yeah, yes. we're also going to mix in our favorite movies of the decade. That's right. A month and a half later, you didn't want it, you got it. What were yes. our best, our favorite movies <laughs> of the decade? Boyle is calling in on Facetime. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Man, I'm fired up. I am fired up. I'm excited to be here. It's right now. We're recording on a Thursday. We have a crazy weekend ahead of us. I have mm-hmm. four home games here in Friartown. But once I get through all of them, I have a yes. I have a game at noon, two, three thirty, and seven o'clock. But once we get through them, Boyle, what do we have Sunday? We have the Oscars, That's our right. favorite thing of the year. That's right. And you know what? Hopefully, I can get this podcast out before that. Um, and we're not really going to do many, I don't think we're going to do any Oscars predictions on this. If you want to hear what we thought about the Oscars movies, we have a movie for every single episode for every movie that's nominated. So, uh, I highly suggest you check that out. I mean, we did a bunch, actually, if you want to check out something that's really good spot to start dual redundancy, awesome, awesome, awesome time we had on their podcast last week. Boyle, we did what? Two episodes? Yeah, and like a couple mini and you know in there too, and it's always a great time potting with them and talking movies and stuff, and you know doing our yearly competition. So it's a good episode to go out and check out. And um, they also cover like TV and other things too. So I, you know, I really enjoy listening to their podcast pretty regularly. So they are an all-encompassing um, podcast, and they have a lot of yeah. news on there too. So if you want to stay more up to date with things. Check out their podcast. I highly suggest it. A lot of things yep. have changed between now and when we recorded it. We had the WGAs. Let's get right into it, though, all right? Go listen okay. to them. They are really good and on their game when it comes to Oscar stuff. So take a listen to their podcast. Boyle, let's do our top movies of 2019, finally. Boyle, I have a list on Letterboxd. I know you do, too. Uh, Rojas yep. N10. What are you, old Boyle 92? Yes, I am. I have 51 movies on my favorite movies of 2019 list. That's up oh from my God. 39 from the year before. I beat you. You had, 50, had, you had 51 I movies 56. you lost? 56. How many movies did you see last year? 56. Oh, I saw 161. Oh, are, are you talking about including like – Right, like movies that didn't come – like that's just from 2019. Oh, movies from just 2019, I saw 77 yes. movies. Oh, OK. So you beat me. <laughs> but, but factor in that that includes 10 to 13 short films right there. Oh, I didn't log those. OK. So that wouldn't – I'm talking and excluding then, those. OK. And then I see, I see one stand-up special in there. So, but all told, I saw 77 films that came out last year. That's more than one a week, Boyle. That's pretty good. You also did more than one a week as well. I'm sure if you were to add your short films and uh, adjust things here and there, you know, I think yeah. we came out about even. More than that. Dude, and then like you said, you got to factor in the ones that we have seen that aren't 
from this year. You know what I mean? Like, well, we get the letterbox email at the end of the year. Did you see you you shared it with me? You saw good. You yeah. saw a really good amount of movies this year. I um, why don't you keep talking and I, and I'll find that number because well, while yeah, Boyle's talking, I'll I'll quickly do my ten to four favorite movies of 2019, and this is I just want to base it off of this is not movies that I thought were the best, but the movies I most enjoyed in 2019. So having said that, this one ri- rose up quite a bit over the summer and into the fall, and it only got more and more steam. I can't wait to watch it again. My number ten movie of the year is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. My number nine favorite movie of the year is Booksmart. My number eight favorite movie of the year is Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. My number seven favorite movie of the year is Uncut Gems, starring Adam Sandler. My number six favorite movie of the year, I was entranced by this movie, Marriage Story. My number five favorite movie of the year Toy Story 4 nearly brought a tear to my eye towards the end. And my number four favorite movie of the year. This one's a, a just got in because I saw it earlier uh, this year in January. Jojo Rabbit coming in at number four, my fourth favorite movie of the year. Boyle, you're 10 to 4. I'm ready to go, man. Number 10, coming in hot, Uncut Gems. Uh, again, enjoyable, hilarious, and out of his box realm. Number nine, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Great conclusion to this epic trilogy over years and the first generation of all of this, um, the, of the Star Wars era, I guess. Uh, number na- number eight, John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. Uh, I had a great experience with that. It was a lot of fun. Loves that movie. Uh, number seven, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Just a great Tarantino movie. Number six, Rocket Man loved this biopic. Taron Egerton did an incredible job showcasing Elton John's life and struggles and successes. Um, and beautiful songs. Number five, Marriage Story. Incredible and powerful and extraordinary, almost Broadway-style play-like performance is incredible. Uh, number four, same as you, my friend, Jojo Rabbit. Dude, great movie. Just recent, like you said, off just recent on the market, and I have been nothing but praising that movie to everyone. It's hilarious and a good time and a great. Have a popcorn while you watch it. Whew. Absolutely, I just that might have been the fastest I've ever done it. That was great. I was very proud of you. <laughs> I just saw your number forty-four favorite movie of the year, and I cried a little. I know. I just, dude, I was waiting for you to comment on that. <laughs> such a such a meanie. Uh, letterbox great app well my, all right here we go you have Three to realize to though that's that my letterbox is also ranked upon what i enjoy uh, the yes, level of enjoyment all the way up that's how letterbox works for that's me. why my number three most enjoyable movie of the year is little women i'm not going to talk about it too much because i just talked about it on the podcast literally last week go listen to episode 111 right there but he's little lying women, to you all he specifically said that he's actually lowering it to at least 16 shout out could to be my, b- below the joker shout out to my brother and sister for being on the podcast they had a great time yeah really every time they come on the show they steal the show because they have no care at all to say no. whatever the heck they want uh, yeah which they usually do and uh, they were pretty fearless in bashing little women. So pretty sure uh, they won't agree with this. But now that they're not here, I can safely say I love this movie so much. It was one where each scene, I loved it so much. It was like the equivalent of a cinematic hot chocolate. Just felt like Ooh. just very sweet movie. Just, just awesome. Felt warm. Felt like home. I loved each scene. And yeah, some may 
it might be you know criticized for being old and out of date, but just something about seeing these actresses on the big screen. You have big stars in a big time movie. Little Women is such an institution in this country, going on about 160 years, almost 160 years now. Think about that. It's one of our yeah. oldest intellectual properties that we keep reusing. If you really think about it, that's distinctly American. Um, it's just, I just had a fabulous time watching this movie, and it's really just hard to describe other than every aspect of it. I just was such a huge fan of. So, Little Women, my number three favorite movie of the year. Boyle, what about your number three? My number three was one that shook me during the summer in all the right places, and that is Midsommar. I thought this was such a rich and new, fresh horror movie that you haven't seen before. It really brought you for like an intense ride. And it's funny, recently, Michaela and myself have been wanting to um, rewatch it. And we almost did it the other night. And I'm like, listen, it's a long movie. We got to commit. I really want to watch this. I want us to be able to really enjoy this. So I think that's going to be our treat. Like after the Oscar season, I was like, we got so much to work towards for this. So like, <laughs> it's got to be put on the back burner, but man, that movie, it's so complex and it makes you, there's so many more underlying themes and, and the power of when we first watched that and all of us were just like, Ooh, and like, Oh my God. Like, it was intense, and it's great, powerful thriller right up my alley. So that's my number three. Nick? That was right up your alley. And right now, we have identical two and one. So since it's a long episode, we're going to hop right into it. You ready, Boyle? I'm ready. All right, so our number two favorite movie of the year is Parasite from Bong Joon-ho. Parasite. So, it's, Boyle, you go first. Okay. Um, I, I appreciate this because I, I think – if I'm correct, I know I am, but I'm just saying I think. We have not actually done a podcast about Parasite, so I think that this kind of works in our favor for this because we haven't shared our feelings upon it. This was a movie that when it, it – it brought you in a roller coaster with different twists and thrills throughout it. And, um, and the way it ended, I kind of did see it coming a little bit, but like – you know, you kind of just think about in the back of your head, will this happen? Whatever. But um, it was still a surprise, I feel like. Not what you think would have happened, but just a very, um, at the end, going, oh, okay, now I understand the title. Like, kind of, it, it was awesome and really enjoyed it a lot. But <laughs> that, that part what with you the daughter, are, the sister, yes. right before the house. Uh, I, I know. And it's just like, it's not quotable, but in people were worried, I think about obviously, but people were thinking about like uh, the subtitle subtitles, a uh, distraction. And I, I got a weird trance when I watched this movie and truthfully, like the, the um, subtitles disappeared for me. And I really like almost could hear the people speaking what I was reading. So I kind of, it was very interesting, um, but very cool in the same sense. Like, I just thought the performances were there, and I loved what this director said at the Golden Globes. Like, once you get past subtitles, there's such a different universe out there. I've been saying this for weeks now, and it just made me feel great. And I'm like, wow. Now I can understand when you first had warned me going in, you're like, I wish I could relive Parasite that first time watching all over again when you when you don't know. Because now you know. It's, it's similar to Knives Out. You know, it's similar to that fact of – once you've seen it, okay, now you know how it ends. So it's kind of like, all right. But I still think that this holds up. I still think that this has such a good, fun story. This could be a good one to honestly buy and have on your bookshelf, truthfully. 
<laughs> for those or your books. movie shelf, I should say. Right. Remember, movies more important than books. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, so that's our slogan. <laughs> for those playing at home, at home, that is now the fourth straight episode, I think, where someone has mentioned what Bong Joon Ho said in the uh, at the Golden Globes about subtitles. Yep. Well, that was great, boy. Thanks for sharing. So of I course. saw Parasite. It says November fourth, twenty nineteen. I saw it. So uh, we're going on. Gosh, three months ago, I saw this movie. And I still think about it to this day. And, uh, you know, I said the exact same thing you did, Boyle, when I saw this. You forget that you're reading subtitles. It almost helps that it's not in English, too, because it forces you to be like, hey, pay attention right now because you don't understand South Korean. So you can't look away because you'll miss something. So I'm like, okay, yes, movie. I will keep looking at you the entire time. So I saw this one in the theater. Incredible in the theater. It felt dark. I love this, the tone of this movie because it's got great humor in it. But it's also a movie you gotta take seriously too, because some of the themes and stuff that it's discussed, and the the set set, uh, the production design, the cinematography, the acting, the the editing of this movie, it just grips you and just won't let go of you the entire time. And it's a movie that I'm in, like at the end of this upcoming decade. When I think about 2019, this is gonna be the movie that I think about. It's Parasite, just a movie that came out of nowhere and just dominated the entire like discussion for like half the year because everyone was saying you gotta see Parasite and then you finally get a chance to see it and you're like oh this movie lives up to the hype and I know I'm not doing a great job of describing it but I feel like every podcast you've listened to has described it so just know that I love this movie so much it was see that's so funny good. you say that because I don't feel that other pod I don't know I don't listen to as many other movie pods like you do besides one other and I I feel like you're doing a good job of describing how it is, but people won't understand unless they see it. It's just, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's just the tone of this movie. It's just like, it's like something's going on here, but it's also funny. But you're like, okay, it's it. The great thing about this movie too, if you've never seen it, again, I said this before, I say it again. Don't read about it. Go in. Not yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I liked not knowing a thing about it. When I didn't I went know. To it. A I knew nothing. I, I nothing. Like, literally, didn't even have anything to base it off of. I had no idea what it was about. <laughs> Just the title. As the movie's going along, you're like, oh, it's this kind of movie. Oh, that's interesting. And you think like, oh, this movie's going to go this way. And then something happens and you're like, oh, not the movie I thought at all. So excellent stuff. I figured it had to have been some sort of big thriller. And it's weird because I contemplate maybe it's just a serious drama that's really powerful. But then there was like – I forgot like – it was the way something talked or I think I had even asked you like, is it like a thriller? And you were like, yes, and buckle up or something. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, but I think you did a great job of describing it. And there's not much more to say about it besides go see it. Go so see let's it. go right into the number one movie of the year. Number one movie of the year. First off, great point about maybe you'll own this movie. I think the two movies I might own from this year, maybe three. Yeah, I can. Say, I guess. I, let's say there are going to be four movies I own from this year. Go for can it. Can I guess? Yeah. All right. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yep. This movie. Yes. Um, Jojo Rabbit. No. Ooh, you got me. Star that Wars. Was, that was my other. That was my next guess. Yep. And but, Toy Story. Toy Story Four. Just because I have um, all the other Toy Story movies, potentially owning Little Women. 75% to spite you guys. Uh, I knew it. I was going to say that you have to admit that was spite. Buy no, it. that was not a spite. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Buying it would be kind of spiteful. Watching it again, not spiteful. Fair. Um, yeah, I almost thought about watching it again the other night. 
regardless. Our number one. So before we give our number one, I wow. want to say I, I found my stats. I found yes. them. Yes. I watched. I logged 97 films this past year. I reviewed 96 of them, which means I watched it in a, a total of 186 hours. However, that ended, I think, December 31st, did not include Parasite, Uncut Gems, and these other ones I've seen. So I'm probably right over the cusp of 100. I'm, I'm going to click on your profile, Boyle, and I'll get back to you. Oh, my God. Let's get into it. Our number, number one, one movie. movie of the year. Three, two, one. Avengers Endgame. Avengers Endgame. Saw it in IMAX. Oh. We saw it opening night. Right? We saw it. We were like the first crew to see it. Yeah. We saw it at yeah. six. Yeah. So like literally no one else really like the majority of the world had not seen it yet. So it was like an awesome experience because you're like, wow, we are about to see something that not many people have seen. And uh, which is obviously really exciting. So you have that. So that means you have anticipation through the roof. That means this movie had to deliver because you had 12 months from when Thanos snapped his fingers and half the MCU died or disappeared or dusted away. Yes. So we had a whole 12 years of theories and thinking like, how are they going to go back? Like, how are they going to use the quantum realm? Like, we know they got to use the quantum realm. And then things leaked out that they were like, got to be time travel in this, right? There's got to be time travel. So we kind of started over the course of like, last like three months leading up to the movie had an idea of what was going to happen yeah so we're sitting in the theater and it was like we were at a sporting event boil. there were people cheering there were people high-fiving basically tears dude, were it was shed. incredible there was it was like, like yeah it was like the dude, most it was oh, it was the movie going experience you of the year. ever been a part of it was the movie going experience of the year in a way that yeah. not any other movie i saw last year could even come close to just the people. craziest part is nick is not only just that one night but Four nights, I did it. Four times, including a time in 4D, which was the craziest experience I've ever gone to at a movie. It was better than any day at a Six Flags park or anything like that, and I stand by that. Dude, that experience was insane. I really wish you could have gone and done it because it was life-changing. It was amazing, dude. I only saw it twice in theaters, so I've only seen it twice as of right now. It is on Disney+, Plus, so I could watch it again. Which yeah. I do want to watch again. Austin Rojas, on the other hand, has seen it eleven times. The kid, wow. the, the kid, the thing about Austin entering t- twenty nineteen, not really a huge fan of the MCU movies. He likes seeing a little bit more original stuff. Yeah, but, but he saw I think Infinity War, and his friends were like, "Hey, we're gonna go see Endgame. You want to come?" And he and they bailed on him, and he invited Julia and I to go see it. And he's like, "You guys want to go? Like, I have an extra ticket." And I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'll get Julia's ticket, and uh, we'll go. We'll sit front row." The kid had a blast. He loved it. I think that's a testament too of why it's also my favorite movie wow. of the year is the enjoyment I got from watching others around me watch that movie and experience it the first time. I know Julia did too. And Julia had not really seen too many MCU movies too. And she had a great time. It's an epic. It's a three-hour epic. And yeah. there are so many great scenes in that movie to revisit. And things happen at the beginning that you're like, wait a minute, what? Like, huh? Like with Thanos uh-huh. at the beginning, you're just like, what the heck? And Yeah, things. you're like, oh. Well, there okay, that was great. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. There, there are jokes and other things that it could only be possible through the MCU because they've built up over, you know, ten plus years. It, it's yeah, it's a movie that paid off eleven years of going to see movies. It paid off storylines that happened over the course of hours. Yeah, I mean, boy, it, it you had... built these relationships with these characters for over ten years. Mm-hmm. This is. You don't do that in another movie. You don't do that in another series. That's what makes it stand out from the rest. And 
I mean, you took everything out of my, you know, all the words. You spoke perfectly about the movie, and I'm glad because I've gone on my rants. I've said what I've said about how great it is. And um, so to hear it coming from somebody who isn't such a huge Marvel fan of stuff, I think, has more of an impact. So I'm happy you said all that. And truthfully, I, I, I don't know where to even touch upon. You're right. You built these relationships. These characters were incredible. The directing was fun and funny. The writing was perfect. Like, you could not go wrong at all. And uh, just, it's a perfect movie. You cry, you laugh, you get angry, you're shocked, you're, a twist is here. And then you're just like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, so to me, that's, that's that 10 out of 10, you know? And that's, again, why it is number one. But that's why it's a 10 out of 10. Is it makes you have all the feelings it's action-packed. The crowd was going nuts every time I saw it in the theaters. I mean, it's just – I could sit here and talk about it again for another three yeah, hours. I mean, break for, it all down. for every <laughs> metric of how to measure enjoyability, Endgame checks those boxes. So, I mean, that yeah. scene with all the Avengers assembling is probably the most one of the more iconic scenes of the entire decade. <laughs> Boil. That was great. One. Two – gotta watch this movie again in 4k with the soundbar i don't know if you've done it at home yet but i gotta i gotta i gotta pull aside three hours and pull that off dude i have the 4k dvd and the tv i need to get a 4k blu-ray player if anybody knows a great that's what i was thinking about it i looked online dude once you told me that yeah and they're like 140 i don't know no there's some cheaper you could get a decent one for 125 um like a good one like a good sony one or wait until playstation 5 comes out this fall well I was going to say, then you just buy PlayStation 5 and <laughs> there you go. Right. You know? I barely play games. so Yeah. Anyway. But work like, the Blu-ray. A, that's a tangent. <laughs> Boyle, I have an answer for you. You watched 59 films that came out in 2019. 59? Yeah. And I, I watched something crazy like something. Not like, if I watch two popes. <laughs> I watched like 296 or 299 hours of movies. Last oh, year. really? Something like that. But you know what the funny thing is? It doesn't matter how many movies you watched this past year. Samuel L. Jackson is your most watched uh, actor because everyone saw like three Marvel movies. So there you go. That's how that happens. Tell uh, tell um, Michaela I said hi. One. I just did, my friend. And two, I'm being informed by Julia that uh, a few of her coworkers uh, had an argument over what color my hair was last night at the PC game. Boy, what color hair do I have? Because that's something I long. I I don't know. If you told me, I'm gonna it's tell black, you. I'd you're, say black. You're like it me. It's it's a dark brown. So when it when it's wet or has gel in it, it looks black, but it's really not. And when it's when it's got no product in it, you're just a nice brown. So, um, yeah, it just depends on what what products and stuff you got going on. But you're like me. It's just brown. Yeah, your hair is like a light brown. It's nice. It's nice, boy. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, you too. I, I like I like your style, man. I haven't uh, gotten a haircut in a while. Shout out to my barber, Chris Martin. Hopefully see Same show, it's my guy too. So Boyle, Boyle and I uh, – wow, Boyle, you finished Murder Mystery. I never quite finished it. Or oh. Yeah, I, I slept through oh. it twice. So are we are we getting into bottom 10 now? No, bottom you want to do 10, bottom, bottom 10 or five. underrated? No, let's do bottom. You already started. All right. <laughs> let's do it. All right, my bottom five movies of the year. I'm just going to quickly roll through them. Right, similar to. I the scrolled other down and I had an ad for IHOP, and I'm like, that definitely wasn't at my bottom. I enjoy IHOP. <laughs> Boyle, I'm looking at your. Uh, <laughs> I got mine. I'm looking at your lowest first too, and All right, we, so we, have, we have very similar ones. Uh, yeah, let's start at like the highest. Like I'm gonna start at. Yeah, I'm five, actually gonna do a couple extra. Highest. Well, I was just gonna roll through it really quickly. 
Yeah, I'm gonna go. All right, you Noel. Go. Yep. Okay, go for it. Yeah. Noel would would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So Noel was number seven. You're I just feel like se- that's you're a doing good seven G's, Boyle. It's random. All seven. Right. Noel. It's random. Six. Pet Cemetery. Oh. Um, and then five. Between Two Ferns, the movie. Terrible. Oh, um, I was going by my rating. Oh, boy, I just rearranged <laughs> things. I was like, oh, that's very similar. Okay, yes. You said Noel. Yep. I'm looking at yep. your thing right now, Boyle, and this does not match up. But okay, go for it. And then four, Someone Great. Three, Murder Mystery. Two, Curse of La Llorona. And I'll wait for my number one. What was your bottom whatever? I just had to start with Noel because I actually enjoyed the Ted Bundy movie with Zac Efron, even though it's at the bottom of my list. <laughs> that movie is uh, a little bit higher up. All right, so my bottom five. Or right, you know what? We can do all my sub three out of – this is a mess, this podcast, as always. We're off the rails already. My sub six out of ten movies, all right? These are movies that I, that fall below the I liked it category. It, it falls into didn't really like it. We have Someone Great, the movie that you and I both forgot that we had seen on Netflix. Number six, worst movie of the year for me, is The Curse of La Llorona. I hated that movie so much. It was so silly. The only funny thing about it was sitting with AJ Farina while watching it. Number five, yeah, worst seriously. movie of the year because I saw. Because you kept jumping at me? <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. Isn't it romantic? We we made fun of and, and cracked jokes about how we're starting to turn on Rebel Wilson, and this movie is a good example of why it's justified. Yep. My number four least favorite movie of the year was Noel, a movie that I compared to uh, Wallpaper, holiday theme <laughs> Wallpaper. Uh, my number third, my number three least favorite movie of the year was Tall Girl on Netflix. Gave it a three out of ten. I just hated that movie. And my second least favorite movie of the year is <coughs> Serenity. That movie was terrible. Oh, you actually saw Serenity? Yes, I watched it for a podcast. That's the only reason why I watched it. Dummy. <laughs> it was terrible. It was so bad. Yeah. I mean, it was supposed to be bad. That's the whole point of listening to a podcast. All right, boy. what's your number one least favorite movie of the year? My number one least favorite movie of the year was by far Dumbo. <laughs> I know. You hated Dumbo. It was the worst movie I've ever seen. You know what the worst part is? It already had a point down because I never liked Dumbo as a kid. So it already started off tough. I didn't even but like then I was like, kid. But then I was like, you know what? Maybe you even out because I enjoy Tim Burton. So this could work. And then I just was still like, nope. <laughs> I gave it a 6 out of 10. You gave it a much I, lower. I, I will tell you, I wanted to walk out of the movie theater. But respect for my Disney love, I stayed in the theater. How about that? I respect that. I forgot I've that Godzilla was also movie. under uh, 5 out of 10 for me. I fell asleep in that movie. Which one? Godzilla. Oh, my God. Yikes. You said you were going to walk out of Dumbo? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I never said it was good. I gave it a 3 out of 5. I gave it a 6 out of 10. It I was... can't believe you gave nothing under a 3 out of 5. That's a problem. No. No, I did. That, the ones I just rattled off were all under a 3 out of 5. Oh. Godzilla King of the Monsters was a 2.5 out of 5. Someone Great wow. was a 2.5 out of 5. Curse of La Llorona was a 2.5. But see, in retrospect, you don't, well, you also, like you said, you fell asleep, but... Yeah. Like thinking back to Godzilla, like it was still a decent movie. There was nothing wrong with it. Right. Yeah. Oh. I just gave it just literally a middle score. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Isn't it romantic? So, I gave a one and a half out of five. Uh, Noel, I gave a one and a half out of five. Tall Girl, I gave a one and a half out of five. Serenity, I gave a one out of five. And coming in 
with one star out of five. A two out of ten on the Fisher scale, if you will. It is this movie called After. I saw it on Netflix. <laughs> I reviewed it. What day did I watch this? I watched this on October 14th, 2019. I said this movie is made for 18-year-old girls who are looking for a reason to finally break up with their long-distance boyfriend a month into college. I said that is the only thing that this movie does. It is awful, Boyle. It stars no one you know. It stars actresses who we should hope – actors and actresses that hopefully we can forget exist. I <laughs> – the movie was so bad, Boyle. Julia gave it a one and a half out of five. Um, Where did you watch it? It's on Netflix. It's a Netflix chick flick. It's like when? two people who are like – Good-looking actors and actresses who are just like, oh, you should stop dating your boyfriend. Date me. Yeah. It's like one of those and the girl going, oh, No God. one likes that. It was like, oh, this movie is dreadful. It's for people who are on their phone during movies to watch and look up every five minutes and then at the end go, that was good. That was good. And you're like, did you watch? And they go, no. And I go, okay. All right. Cool. Makes sense. Um, that's my impression of uh, 15-year-old girls, by the way. All right. I got it. <laughs> You also watch Tall Girls, so I guess you you nailed you've been nailing this down. Yeah, two of my last three are Netflix movies. One of them is a Disney Plus movie, so be that. Well, anime. so let's boy- move on from the worst and let's move on to the ones who deserve a shout out that didn't make top ten. That's what right, do you think? Bro. Let's do it. The underrated movies of the year. Boy, you want to start us I, off? You want to lead us off? I do, because I'm actually going to start from. I'm actually going to do it in the ranking on their way up towards the ten. Whoa. Um, I'm not going to say what their ranking was on my list because they're all over the place. But one I want to just start off. Weird shout out to Lego Movie Two. Just want to throw it out there because still, for a sequel of a movie that was like surprisingly good, I'm like, oh, okay, this was fun. Like, sure, everything was awesome. Uh. And then, you know, coming into this, they just made fun of themselves and then kind of like kept going with the jokes and still had all the same elements and more. Uh, So I got to give them props as a sequel. That's not too bad for something like a Lego movie that all ages could kind of enjoy. So shout out to them. Nick, what about you? All right. A movie I want to give a shout out to for uh, underrated movies of the year, Peanut Butter Falcon. Mm. Um, That was my number 32 favorite movie of the year. Um underrated it's a that small, was on my list it's a small indie movie i think it, it it did all it's could as a movie and a small budget movie could and i thought shia labeouf was great in it and i want to give yes. a quick shout out to the actors zach Godsagan yep. and dakota johnson who are also in it uh you have a few just great little moments in this movie boil that'll warm your heart yep. um that just so you can check out at home. It's a it's nice refreshing. little movie, and if you're looking for something for refreshing, like you said, a change of pace, and it's not one of these Hollywood over glamorized superhero movies or anything like that. If you're looking about a movie just about people and a story you've never heard before, that's the one. That's uh, that's my number five most underrated movie of the year. Shout out. So that was my number four. So I'm also throwing that out there. I, I you couldn't have described it better. It is. I think everyone should see this movie. I think it shows the joys that life could bring and the life that the, the joy you could bring to someone's life. Um, I think it is a great showcase of good acting all around and still having such a good message. And um, like you said, there's nothing more enjoyable. I think, and honestly, you know what's great is it's good for all ages. <laughs> I mean, not like children, children, but like teens. I think this is a great movie that teens should see. Truthfully, and and the um, you know, even the the ones in college, like take a minute, step away from social media, and enjoy something that's going to open your eyes a little bit. I, I I think it was a great movie. So, 
I like that. All right. So that was your number four. My number four will be always be my maybe. Nice. And uh, that's a Netflix movie done really well. It was the surprise of the summer. I think a lot Loved of people it. saw it um, that week or two weeks when it came out. It came out June. Uh, well, I watched it June 8th. I said it charming was a big word that came to mind. This movie is so charming. Ali Wong, yes. Randall Park, they had written this movie. They had started writing the movie like years ago, apparently. They, they knew each other. They both went to the same college, but they were a few years apart. And uh, so the, the chemistry was there because these two are friends in real life. And I just um, I love when real-life friends or people that work together or comfortable together translates onto the big screen and makes something that, boom, we've never seen before. And Always Be My Maybe is a movie I've never really seen before. And that's besides the obvious, uh, which is it's a movie that – is a romantic comedy between two Asian Americans, which is really awesome too, because that's like, it feels like a world that we haven't really explored in movies. So I really liked this movie a lot. I laughed. It wasn't a movie that we take seriously. Good little movie. Great, great, great cameo from Keanu Reeves. Boyle, what's your number three underrated movie of the year? My number three, um, I'm going to get it. Like, I'm glad you mentioned that one because that was one I wanted to mention, but I kind of just kept it, kept it in the, Backburn, I was like, he'll mention it for me. <laughs> but um, I'm going to give a shout out to one of our favorites, Happy Death Day 2. Again, nice. for a sequel to come back and power in the way it did, still keep you so intrigued and in such a good thriller mode. And it didn't go outside of its boundaries where at one point it started getting all scientific and something like, really? And then, like, nope, it brings you right back. And you're like, great, like, just fun. So, um, Overall, I was pleasurably enjoying this beautiful movie. <laughs> if you have a boil bingo and you're playing at home, I think you just won. You just you got five in a row. You got five in a row. Uh, I gave that movie a four out of five. I I liked the heck out of that movie. Oh yeah, I think I did too. Yeah. So uh, thank you for mentioning that because that saves me from having to use this space on mine. I'm gonna give well, a quick shout out to my uh, number three is gonna be a split, so I'm not gonna talk about either very long but i'm gonna say us and yesterday were back to back in my favorite movies of the list 27 and 28 us jordan peele's follow-up to get out i really liked the horror aspect of this movie i really liked a lot of scenes and cinematography in this movie it's an almost awesome movie and i thought it was really unique and i really liked it creepy definitely creepy and funny yesterday another almost awesome movie um it's about the guy who wakes up from a coma and is like wait the beatles don't exist and boom there's your movie it's a fun movie it doesn't really have any a way to really end it, but I really liked it, and I like the music, and it's just a charming movie. So that's my number three, split down the middle there for underrated movies of the year. Boyle, take it away for number two. Dude, I'm so glad you mentioned those because yesterday was – those two were both in the running for this, and I was like, yesterday, man. Good music. I actually got early screenings to that with Michaela. We really loved it, man. Like It was great and great atmosphere, and it was filled. Like Theater was awesome. Um. And the story was there too. Um, and then the other one was um, say it won't, us. That I'm glad you threw out there because that was one of our controversial ones. Where I think because I didn't understand it really the first time around, I saw I got it, but not fully in the in the more in depth stuff. And um, so it wasn't up there this year for me, but still deserves that shout out. Um, leading to my second to last one. Well, no. Yes. Yeah, second to last one. <laughs> I'm going to give you a heads um, up. I'm going to be splitting number two as well. So, Okay. So my number two, I would say, would be Escape Room. It's, yes. not, um, it's a movie that not a lot of people liked, the ones who saw it. 
and I feel like not a lot of people know about. It's, it sounds like a silly concept with just like, all right, we get it. There's escape rooms out there. And it was kind of like taking escape room and factor in saw. Like it was kind of like that in between sort of thing. And I enjoyed that. And I'm like, but at the same point, you know, they kind of have the same, like almost the same plot. So as a saw movie, but except the fact that they know they're in this escape room and they have a chance if they want to win this money, blah, 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 whatever. But I just thought it was so well done. And you know me, I'm a sucker for when it comes to possible sequels. And they still, they set it up, man. They threw the alley-oop up and let's see if it slam dunks because I think that they could have some fun with this if they decided to throw out another one. Because why not? They made they made their money back, so it was, it was just it was a fun, good movie. I enjoyed that one this year. You're the second person in my life to recommend that movie to me. The other being Cookie Rojas, who gave it a seven out of ten yes! on the Fisher scale. I saw that you gave it an eight out of ten. My dad said, "What a fun little movie! Check it out. Don't watch trailers." That was his review. So I like that. Maybe I will have to check it out. It came out over a year ago now, Boyle. Think about that. You saw it in January of 2019. That's crazy. Am I doing number one now? Or uh, no, I'm doing number gone. two. Okay. My number two is in the uh, cable movie category, as in movies that I hope to see on cable one day, even though cable doesn't exist and everyone has cut the cord. But, yeah. So two movies I can't wait to just watch again just for individual scenes and stuff like that. Long Shot with Seth Rogen at number 17, favorite movie of the year. Just an awesome comedy. And it's so fun when actors, and they don't really do this anymore, Boyle, and I think you'll know what I'm saying. When actors are playing basically what the public perceives to be a version of themselves. So you got Seth Rogen basically being Seth Rogen, doing Seth Rogen stuff, which is what he is in pretty much every movie, but we like that. And Charlize Theron being just a very charming character, adult woman character who also can have a good time. And... I really like the chemistry between these two. I really enjoyed this movie a lot. I had a great time with it. Now, on the other hand, Hustlers is also in that category for favorite cable movies because it's such a great collection of scenes in that movie and memorable moments. And just, it's so good at telling the story of what exactly happened. It's one of those movies that goes, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. And yeah. I really like the directing of this movie. The director, she did such a phenomenal job. J-Lo was awesome. I just really want to quickly give a shout-out to the director of Hustlers because I, th- I thought she did a, a terrific job. And her name is Lorene Scafaria, and uh, I really liked her work with Hustlers. Nice. I really hope I didn't delete the podcast that was interviewing her because now I'm realizing that's what I possibly did. So, yeah, Hustlers uh, was a lot of fun. And just like, a, you know, just I, I was like, man, this is awesome. And the music in that movie, boy, we really loved it because it brought us back to 2007, like 2008, yes. you know, like we love, were love in this the club by Usher. I was like, man, I haven't heard this song in like 10 years. We're getting to that age now where it's like, man, this and song it was came out in high school. Too, like, in this club. In this club. Uh, yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, that's uh, my split category there. Um, Boyle. Take it away. What was your number one most underrated movie of the year that you want to give a shout out to? Was actually your one of your two split, and that is Long Shot. Um, I think you're right. I think it was good to see in um, two different uh, actors and act, you know, an actor and actress playing people that they don't normally play. You know, especially Seth Rogen. And it's such a fun little comedic romance that you almost couldn't really picture, even understanding, like, I mean, I saw, like, the teaser trailer for this, so I knew a little bit going in, but I didn't really know the full of it, like, you know. And even from the beginning of that movie, you would never think that they'd end up or anything together, and um, it's fun to see their journey along the way and see if they do end up together or not. And um, I don't want to give anything away, so 
I've been, I've actually, this is another one of mine that I've been suggesting to people if I see them and like, listen, this is just a good, you're at home, you're looking for a fun flick to put on and uh, have some good laughs along the way. So I don't have much else to say besides that. Truthfully, you said it all perfectly. And, um, but it was definitely one of my all time favorites that didn't make the top 10, unfortunately, this year. So some movies just don't, some movies just don't. You know, quite crack it. And sometimes they get lost in history. But when they come on, you're like, oh, yeah, you only remember the good parts you like about movies. As years go by, you just go, oh, yeah, I like that movie. And then that's that's all right. Not every movie is going to be the prestige movie. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's uh, going to be a movie you remember for a long time. Thanks for mentioning it, Boyle, as well. I just tweeted out from the Boyle and Ross podcast Twitter account. At, towards the end of our own podcast, that was very smart. See how many responses come in. This this will go very well. Um, my number one underrated movie of the year is Beach Bum. Starting yeah, I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. Yeah, I knew it. I talked about it all year. It was in my top ten. I know you did. For do. most of the year, I, I had that movie in my top ten. I saw it in April of 2019. It was in my top ten basically until like January. Because then I saw a bunch of really good movies. I'm like, all right, I, I, I just can't because, you know, I can't. Like, it just yeah. – I saw so many more enjoyable movies. But yep. this movie directed by Harmony Corinne, um, who's directed, like, a bunch of, like, crazy stuff. And he directed um, – remember that movie that came out a few years ago, Spring Breakers? I never saw it, but it had that kind of, like, look and feel to it. I think this is my version of that look and feel that I'm looking for in a movie. It stars Matthew McConaughey. I gave it 8 out of 10 stars. It was one of my favorite movies of the year. I had so much fun watching Matthew McConaughey play Moondog and just interact with so many hysterical actors. You want to talk about movies where the uh, actors are playing versions of themselves? This is not that movie. You have Zac Efron acting crazy in this movie. You have Martin Lawrence, um, Jonah Hill doing a southern accent for whatever reason, Snoop Dogg. He's basically playing yeah. Snoop Dogg. Uh, but just so many fun movies. And just my one of my favorite taglines and quotes in a movie I gotta, is sometimes you got to go low to get high. And yeah. I just – man, I had such a blast watching this movie. And if you look at yeah. Letterboxd, a lot of people did too. This movie has mostly positive reviews. You have – Yeah. It, 30, uh, 24% of the voters gave it four out of five. Um, yep. People love this movie. It's one of those movies that's like – How could you not? Yeah. I just – oh, man. I love that movie. And boy, you saw it as well. You also gave it a four out of five. Oh, Anything you want I to add on top movie. of it? No. It just is a good, weird, enjoyable movie for some reason that has no plot, which it, for a movie that has absolutely no plot. And when I mean no plot, no plot. He's <laughs> so writing. It's, it's, That's the only thing you know. Is he's it's writing. great. Yeah, it's, you said it's the like, same exact. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Like, wow, you who could make a movie out of nothing? Well, they did, and it was fun. <laughs> I like what you said here, Boyle. You said it's a feel-good movie. It's impossible to walk out of that movie without a smile on your face. Oh, yeah. I totally. saw it with Austin. I, we were grinning in your ear. We're like, that was a fun yeah. movie. All right. Yeah, it's just right. it's just a fun movie. Shout out to Matthew McConaughey. Iconic as Moondog. All right, boy. That was uh, 2019. Heck of a year. Um, shout out to our top 10. Shout out to our underrated movies. I should note Beach Bum fell to number 13 on my favorite movies of the year list. I enjoyed um, Ford v. Ferrari and The Irishman just a little bit more. So, so you actually didn't mention, and Ford versus Ferrari would have been one of the ones I wanted to mention. I really just was hoping you were going to mention it, but that deserves a shout, I think, from both of us. Great movie. Great I sound. didn't want to do that to a movie that's nominated for Best Picture. 
And that was the thing. You already that have was, your, you're I, already rated. And, yeah, totally agreed. But still deserves the the nod. The, just the just the nod. Why can't there be more knobs, Nick? Why? I just I know I know you want more categories. Oh, we have a tweet coming. Jules yeah. Coco. She said us is her most underrated movie of the year. This was incredible. I can't believe not even an Oscar nomination. Well, thanks for tweeting in, Jules Coco. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, did not get anything. And if it were to get anything, Lupita Nyong'o would be my pick because her her acting in the movie I thought was really cool to act as two different versions of herself. Um, so, yeah. Anything Michaela else? Kayla just said from the, from the far that her underrated movie of the year – Escape Room. Unbelievable. Really? Wow. Like, I, and I was just like, hey, what do you think? And Isn't Michaela like, not think. a horror movie fan? That's not, it's not really a horror movie. She, oh, no. Okay. So I see what you're saying. More of the, that horror thriller. But that – see, gore to me is not horror. And I think that would be a good podcast for us to do one day, break that stuff down. But like truthfully, like – and she agrees with me. Horror is like scary, like a ghost thing, paranormal thing, or like that's the stuff that or, – or even sometimes like a – yeah, no, that's really more of it. And like, um, I think gore or evil creatures th- or The Shining, like that sort of thing, like that stuff will haunt her. You I know? think gore and is hard. Gore to me isn't scary. Gore to me is like, all right, gore, like, cool. gore doesn't so, like, have to be scary, saw, but it is technically horror. And, yeah, Saw and this is more of that like thriller horror, you know. And then there's the middle line, which is suspense. So it's you know, it's it's all full circle. But yeah, no, she really she enjoyed that. Yeah, she just shouted that. So. Thank you, um, Michaela, for contributing. The, the the girlfriends of the show, the first ladies of the show. <laughs> the first ladies of the show. Uh, appreciate it. Well, shall we do our favorite movies of the decade? Thank you. Sure. Let's How do let's do, do the let's do the ten to four thing, and then we'll read off our last. Uh... All right, because truthfully, I had fifteen. <laughs> okay. I have way more. You want to do fifteen? Let's do fifteen. List, let's do fifteen. Fifteen. No, let's do fifteen. Yeah. I, okay. On my list, are I yours have... in order? Yeah, I put them in order months oh. ago. I, I put them in order months ago. Thankfully for All right, this. so I'm Thank going you. to on the spot have to like throw these out there and do this. So, <laughs> but I'm ready for it. I'm 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 gonna do it on the spot. Okay. Are you leading? I yes, I'll do ten to four. Fifteen. Uh, fifteen. I'll do. I'll do fifteen to four. All right, ready? Yeah. All right, number fifteen. This is the end. Hysterical comedy. Yep. Number fourteen, The Place Beyond the Pines. Saw it twice in theaters. Blown away. Amazing epic. Loved it. Number 13, Avengers Endgame. Fantastic. It's my highest rated MCU movie because it's amazing. Number 12, Mission Impossible Fallout. Yes. Favorite action movie of 2018. One of my favorite movies of the year. One of my favorite movies of the decade. Number 11, The Big Short. Amazing. Learned so much in this movie. Was captivated by it. Laughed. Learned a lot. Great at performances. What more could you want? Amazing movie. Number 10, The Wolf of Wall Street, iconic. Came out in 2013, and you just have people mimicking it six and a, six years plus later of just people just reenacting scenes from the movie and gifts, and that movie has transcended the movie itself. Number nine, Annihilation, one of my favorite movies from 2018. I just simply love that movie, and it was just like literally it took over my whole body. Like I, I was numb while watching that movie. Number seven, favorite movie of the decade. Drive came out 2011. Ryan Gosling, that movie I saw that in theaters. I was like, Whoa, this is a different movie than I was expecting. Because in 2011, I'm 19, I'm still seeing like dumb movies, 
And I saw that movie. I was like, whoa, this movie is above like my comprehension. Amazing. And everyone wanted to be that Halloween costume. I'm taking forever here. Number seven, favorite movie of the decade, Whiplash. Saw the movie in a movie theater with Austin Rojas in January of 2015. And we were like, oh, my God, that movie's amazing. Uh, Miles Teller. Shout out to Miles Teller. Want to see him in more movies. Where have you been, bubs? Come back. Uh, J.K. Simmons, amazing performance in that movie. Directed by Damien Chazelle. Not the final Damien Chazelle movie on my list. There you go. A little, little nugget for you. My number six favorite movie of the year, Lego Movie. Saw it Valentine's Day 2014. Caught me totally off guard. That movie was so good. And then it has that ending where it hits you like a ton of Lego bricks to your heart. Number five favorite movie of the decade is La La Land. Yes, another Ryan Gosling movie and another Damien Chazelle movie on my list. These two team up along with Emma Stone, who is amazing. Great soundtrack, great musical. Love the colors, love the camera work. Just love this movie. And my number four favorite movie of the decade, I saw it twice in theaters in 2010, June of 2010, the week after we graduated high school. And that movie is Toy Story 3. Uh, Just gutted me open. I love that movie. Just amazing ending too. And just... I watched it again recently. I was like, yep, yep, still just as good, still as affecting. It's amazing. And, uh, yeah, those are my 15 through 3. Boyle, I concede the floor. Tell me, what were your favorite 15 to 4 favorite movies of the decade? Wait, the so, 2010s? wait, was Toy Story 3 number 4 or yes. was that number 5? Okay, that was number four. Right. I thought I heard you right. Okay. All right, so like I said, I have to do this on the spot. So I know you can't even see me right now because I'm in my notes. All right. Coming in at number 15, Sing Street. Loved this movie. To this day, I listen to that album once a week. I love that movie. Very fun. Very entertaining. Classic, you know, kid loves a girl. And in, in, what was that? Was that middle school, Nick? Or was that high school? What? Where where the kids go to school? Yeah. It, uh, or was it elementary? It, no, I mean, it's like, like either late, late high school. Uh, late. Look, it's a different. Let's say late middle there, school. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's middle yeah, school, I feel like but... it's really high school. But you might be right. Yeah, it could be. Could be. So anyways, so just a fun like a fun movie, great songs, and I feel like it went under the radar. Deserves to get brought back up. Uh coming in at number fourteen, I'm gonna come out with Nocturnal Animals, Nick. If you remember, that was one of our favorite movies in twenty sixteen. I wanna say twenty sixteen because Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that movie, still to this day, I think about, like, how great that movie was, like, directed and put together. Like, we were just both, like, not expecting to enjoy that as much as we did. It's directed by a fashion designer, and he just came in and just made this, like, really cool, like, thriller. Yeah. It's like a story within a story. Yep. So that was number 14. Heading into 13, Boyhood. I think you've got to give it the shout-out to a movie that was that took a generation to build and I mean, I should say a decade to build and performances by the people who started off from when they were younger all the way to an older age. And that to keep that storyline and that consistency. Oh my God. It was great. I don't know if you've seen boyhood, Nick, no, but I, I think you appreciate it. I'm still trying to find out when <laughs> sing street goes, <laughs> takes place. Like it's, uh, or where age they're supposed to be. It just only says, they go to a Christian brother's school. So if I had to guess, it might it's probably middle school. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that would have been number 13. Am I doing this math right? <laughs> so number, coming in at number 12, I want to give a shout out to eighth grade. Similar region, 
just a very like Bo Burnham directing, who's a hilarious comedian I've loved forever, came out with this movie last year and really was able to depict what an eighth grade year is like and just the emotions and the things you go through as an eighth grader. It was beautifully done. It was it was incredible. And the performance was the performances were great, especially by Ellie Fisher. So that is my number thirteen. Um, you know what's funny? I actually should just be like writing this as I do it. So then I don't have to do it afterwards, right? <laughs> um, so then I would say at following following eighth grade, still sort of like same um, powerful performances is Marriage Story. I've already talked about it before. Go listen to our pod about it. I'm not going to go into it too much more. Um, oh, I'm realizing I did this, this wrong. Oh, on the spot. Um, cause I'm actually marriage story was at 11. I'm actually at 10, 10. I'm going to throw it on over, um, to get out. Um, I thought get out was something I hadn't seen before. It was a thriller that really took it to a new level of in-depth thinking and Jordan Peele. It was the beginning, I think of a long, long reign of incredible movies coming from him. So he's a genius. So that was my number 10. Number nine, I have to give it over to, um, ooh, uh, this is so tough in the moment. I got to give it to Coco. I loved Coco, a great, beautiful, um, fun Pixar family film that had great songs as well. But it was just the most beautiful thing Pixar had to put so much time and effort into making this movie. And it was unlike anything you've seen so far that they've produced. I mean, this this stands out from their entire collection of movies. Um, boy, I'm looking at your uh, letterbox right now. You've watched 203 movies that came out during the 2010s. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's just interesting, some of the ones you're choosing to uh, pick over the ones you're choosing to uh, eliminate. So go to Boy's yeah. letterbox, check it out. It's funny because I didn't use letterbox for these, actually. I kind of went I used IMDb of... because I've been using IMDb since like 2000. Wow. I've used IMDb since like 07, 06. But I'm saying you use data. Yes, I, I use a lot of data. I literally went from what is going to pop in my head. And I just started making a list. I have way more that I haven't mentioned. I'll tell you off air. Oh, but tell me off. Um, <laughs> so then after Coco, we're leaning into number eight. Got to give it to Baby Driver. I thought that um, besides controversy with one of the actors, the movie itself was gorgeous. It was so well done. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was bingo. <laughs> uh, no, this, this was awesome, dude. This You can't tell me that you could not enjoy Baby Driver. It was so fast paced. Heartthrob and fun action, and uh, I could yeah, that's all I need, right? That's all I need right there. If you can't see it, Rojas is actually doing, which I know you can't say it, but doing a heart thing out of his chest, and I decided to not watch anymore. <laughs> his breakdancing might get bad. Following Baby Driver, coming in at number seven, I have to bring it up with um, Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, I really thought, again, another new animated-style film that – not only ties in my Marvel love for film, my love for film of Marvel movies, but also just like we hadn't seen anything like this before. The way it was directed and edited together was just so much fun, man. Deserve every award that's possible. Um, number six, coming in at number six, we've got uh, Annihilation. Yeah, Annihilation, because. <laughs> Well, my my number five is so close. I think that these two are like, eh, they'd probably be tied. 
But An- oh. Annihilation was again. I'm a sucker for these thrillers. Oh, I'm a sucker for these for ones. <laughs> I'm a sucker for how good these really are, man. Like that movie was another one that I could turn on tomorrow. I've watched it a couple times being at home, and it is fun. Um, good mystery, and really is a good one for I think anyone to really sit back and if they're. Again, kind of like Parasite. You don't want to know what's going on before you go into that. It brought the movie to a whole different level. And that's, But I saw that one alone. That was crazy. I remember walking out and texting you like, my heart is jumping out of my chest. Like, I was freaking out. So, um, Annihilation. So, then after that, coming in at number five, Nick, we went dancing in the parking garage at Providence Place Mall after this movie. That is La La Land. I almost said La La Street. La La Llorona. Yeah, no, not that one. La La Land. Man, we had the best time seeing that movie. You still own the record. Um, you, you bought it after the movie, like the minute it was available. Yeah. I still listen to that probably once a week, at least one of the songs. I mean, it was so well directed by a local homeboy and <laughs> a local homie. Um, but no, seriously, it, it was directed by somebody from Rhode Island. And he was, uh, he did a incredible job making this new style musical about jazz and i've always been a fan of all types of music and um this just kind of hit home just made me made me in a good spot for the whole movie acting was great storyline was beautiful again could throw that on anytime brings me to my number four nick my number four and um again these four are tough so if you're going in order of just where this one needs to go, it's got to be the other guys. And it'll make sense when I go into the other ones afterwards. But the other guys to me is a comedy that I personally saw the first time it came out. I laughed so hard. I didn't think I even heard all the jokes. And ever since I'll watch and I always find a new joke that I didn't hear or a new laugh that, Oh my God, I forgot about that line. Like that movie is pure comedic perfection and it it hits on every absolute every joke that they try to make in that movie um and i, I just i couldn't be more like ecstatic to even talk about it because it makes me want to throw it on tonight like it's just so funny and good anytime if you're in a bad mood throw it on if you're looking for a good laugh put it on like it's just it is great and anytime you flip on a cable channel haha <laughs> i know you mentioned the cable thing earlier but it's when it's on you keep it on it, it, you don't just flick past it because it's funny and there's always something there's always the next like all right wait hold on this scene's really good coming up so overall had to throw that out one out there i'm ready for top three i know you are too thank you boy great list i know right it's a lot first off if you have a favorite movie of the decade get at us on instagram at the bnr podcast on twitter actually and then at the boyle and ross podcast on instagram let us know i think we're going to share our list boyle on I will on share. Instagram after the episode comes out. So screenshot screenshot your letterbox. Decade one. Oh. Um. So, so screenshot that. We'll share it up on there. And then uh, we got to take a picture next time we go see a movie. We, gotta, we haven't seen Dude. an IMAX movie in a while. What's the next IMAX movie we're going to see? Um, I kind of wanted to go get to Birds of Prey, truthfully. I've yeah. been hearing good things, and I'm pleasantly like, all right, I'm in. Why not? Because there's 
dude, mine renews tomorrow. Any so. good movies until like end of February, March. Yeah, so maybe Bad. that's what we see next week. Maybe we'll go see it in IMAX. So, my number three favorite of the movie of the year, and then we'll go back and forth, Blaylo, okay? Number three favorite movie of the decade, I should say. Won't You Be My Neighbor? It's a, de- it's a documentary. <sighs> Mr. Rogers documentary. Man, nice. I, I was wiping tears off my chin. Uh, you that, you're, you and your brother and your sister were all sobbing. Sobbing. That movie. We are, we're sensitive folk. That movie just had us weeping openly. And just the way that encapsulated the aura around Mr. Rogers – and how he was such a sweet person and taught yeah. such positive messages and lessons. But then it gives you an entire backstory about where he came from, how he started the show, and how his show went and the cultural impact it had and the impact it had on the people he met. And this movie balances all those things in just a beautiful, basically just three-ring circus essentially of entertainment. And, Man, I was locked in and gripped on that movie, and just it's it's my third favorite movie of the decade. Boyle, what about you? What's your favorite, your third favorite movie of the decade? I just feel like if we have to say notes about the person's movie, we have to because I I, I love that you said that, man. I I knew from the minute I watched that with you, that was always going to have a special place in your heart, man. Like you, I've never seen you get emotional like that at a movie, and I'm and I didn't down it, but I just I wasn't at the level you and your siblings were, but I still so much in, like I enjoyed it so much, and then I felt oh, I should have cried, like <laughs> like sort of a thing, but uh, no, it was it was beautiful. And I'm I'm glad you threw that one out there because he did he did make a difference and truthfully, with my profession full time as a teacher, like I look up to him, you know, when it when it comes to like me doing my job every day and I've got Mr. Roger socks as a gift from one of my co teachers and um, I wore an Argyle sweater to class last week and or two weeks ago, we had Argyle Day or Pattern Day and I wore an Argyle sweater and one of the teachers was like oh you look so cute and I like I was like. Mr. Rogers, and she's like, "Oh my god!" Because she's the one who got me the uh, the socks. And another day, my shoes, I like sat in a room and I like took off the shoes and was like, "It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood." Like she was cracking up. It was awesome. So that's uh, episode sixty six for us. Yeah, um, the Born Ross podcast that was a uh, posted. Um, I think it was middle of twenty eighteen. Yeah, wow. middle twenty eighteen. Yep, July sixth, twenty eighteen. That's right. We were yeah, talking we- about recently. We hadn't gone to the Avon since then. This past I weekend, know that was our first time since that one came out. So, yeah. uh, Boyle, number three for you. So number three for me. Just thanks again for throwing that out there. Number three for me coming in. Ready Player One. Ready Player One. Um, surprising number three up there. I am shocked right now. <clears throat> I know. I know. I am. I am um, so. I can't convey how shocked I am right now. I don't know oh. how to. <laughs> Here's the thing. That was actually just like Endgame. One of the movies that I went four times to, and one of the times I saw in, um, actually no, two or, th- was it two or three? I think I saw that in IMAX. I'm not kidding you. It might have been three times. Like it was just, I loved it, man. And and it never got sick. And I'm honestly, I could put it on right now, and I'd still love every minute of it. The graphics were great. The tie-in of all my of what I grew up with, with all these video game characters and other sort of characters, it was just, it was great. The casting was great, um, and I just, I, I could just relive that movie over and over and over again. Really, it just, it was awesome. So um, that is weirdly but pleasurably my number three. I just saw your review on Letterboxd. You saw it April fifteenth, twenty eighteen. 
Although I noticed that a lot of times when you log movies, boy, you don't actually put the date you actually saw it. No, I never do. Yep. And I always usually see it before. I usually, honestly... You let it sit for there's a few days. Very few, I do because but why, what but happens, why don't you change the thing that says I watched it on this day? I didn't know that was a thing. My mouth is agape for all those uh, <laughs> listening at home. And I'm, and I'm staring at you. Because <laughs> I, I, I look at your things all the time. I'm like, he didn't see it on that day. I'm like, huh, okay. Yeah. Wow. I know, you know what? Maybe I should be better about that in 2020. It is fun that to do be because I, it's like, oh, like I actually went back, Boyle. I was so bored one night. Okay. I went back and took all my ticket stubs. I'm glad you have are, this time that I don't have. I know. I was bored. This was months ago. This was definitely a summer thing. Yeah, I was watching yeah. – or I might have been watching like a movie during the summer at home. Mm-hmm. I took all my ticket stubs that I have in my nightstand yep. that I've been collecting since 05. I've been collecting ticket stubs. And I would read the date on the ticket sub and I would log it on my letterbox as that was the day I watched that movie. Really? So I literally have my diary goes all the way back to like 06, I want to say. I don't know how you did that. Good for you, dude. Yeah. I mean, some may consider it a waste of time. Some may consider it a huge waste of time. Um, I would consider it a beautiful thing. It is. Thank you. Uh, You gave it – you gave uh, Ready Player One 8 out of 10 stars. Um, I gave it 8 out of 10 stars. My dad gave it 7 out of 10. And he said, total Steven Spielberg film. You need to pick up all the small nuances of his film work. Enjoy the ride. Nice. And yeah. really enjoy the ride. Like it was incredible. It, it really was. It really was a It was such an adrenaline movie. rush. Such a, a marvel spe- of cinematic. It was. Exactly. It totally was. And that's why it goes right up my alley. It was, that, it was just one of those bigger blockbusters. You just are like, wow, what did I just watch? Just like an upset boil. First off, Damien Chazelle was born in Providence, Rhode Island, raised in Princeton. So bizarre. Uh, second thing, haven't had a single thought about Ready Player One since I saw it. Uh, it's all right. I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed. You looked right <laughs> in my eyes too when you said it. Um, my dad coming in hot with his underrated movie of the the year. Yeah. Booksmart is my surprise movie of 2019, and they tagged Booksmart. I had it on my top ten. Uh, I know. I was so going to so say, you know what? It. I'm going to tell you. I think it was in my top 15, if I believe. Like, I. But good shout out. Thank good you, shout out. Cookie for sharing. It was my number nine. Uh, it was my number 16. I lied. So there you go. Yep. And then. Uh, um. So yeah. So my number one. Wait. Wait. No. My number, number two. two. Did you do three? <laughs> I did three. I was want you to be my number. Number two favorite movie of the decade is Baby Driver. We- Baby driver, Ooh, baby see? driver. We have two baby. A lot of there's a lot of cohesion, and a lot of uh, cohesion on my list. A lot of similar things on my list. This is the second movie featured around a driver, um, directed by Edgar Wright. Baby Driver stars Ansel Elgort, John Hamm, John Bernthal, Jamie Fox, uh, Lily. Um, what's her name? Lily Evans. Lily. Lily James. Um, man, oh, man. Dude, I just – it's the rare 10 out of 10 from the decade. Uh, a rare 10 out of 10 from 2018 is my favorite movie of the year. Um, it is just like, man, that movie just – Adrenaline Rush. You mentioned it earlier. I love that movie. Like you said, I bought the – I got the vinyl. Um, it was uh, – wow, it came out 2017. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it came out that long ago, almost three years now. Um it's got a great story to it. It's got a great romance. It's got great action. It's got mentors in it that uh, mentors in it that make you want to like tear up with those scenes. I know. Um, it brought so much emotion out of me, and just by the end, you're just like, 
wow, I can finally breathe. And the way it synced up the music and the soundtrack so well, and the, some of the songs that are just stuck in your head like to this day, and it's just cool and tense. It just has every emotion on the book, and that's why it earned a rare 10 out of 10 from me. I love that movie so, 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 so much. Boyle is my number two favorite movie, movie of the decade, and definitely my favorite of the latter half of the decade. That's a hint. Boyle, favorite movie of the, second favorite movie of the decade, Boyle. So I was just thinking about it. I was like, we keep saying the decade, and, and I know we are doing the decade, but it's kind of not of our lives because we've watched other movies. But, like, think about it. In our generation of watching and critiquing movies, these are the ones in our time of being alive that we're, wrote, we're rating. You know, obviously, if we're doing best of all time, you're going to have good fellas and all these other long time ago movies um, that uh, – that we could throw in there but when you're looking at just the movies that we've been alive for this is kind of interesting because we'll do this forever i know we will and um whether we <laughs> post the pod to everywhere or we just keep it for ourselves we'll still always see movies rate movies talk about movies that's our thing and um and so that's why my number one and number two are very close and very tough and i hope you can appreciate where i'm coming from when i do my number one and i actually just decided on it just now so um, my number two, that was a little hint for only you. Only you would understand. Number two for I didn't me. I see it. Sorry. <laughs> number two was um, Endgame, uh, Avengers Endgame. And just for all the reasons we stated before, to have characters you've stayed in for hours and hours and hours of movies, many over a course of tons of movies, over a course of numerous years if you're someone like me from 2008 i i mean i 2008 (laughs) i lived in these movies for those years and um there are so many life lessons that you probably don't even realize are in the underlying and then you go back and you see the easter eggs that people pull and post about what each stone really means what each stan lee thing was actually a symbol of something or an underlying theme in one of his movies that you just don't even realize or what their character really stands for they're life lessons for children that children aren't getting every day now so to watch a movie and they're gaining it from an action marvel movie is huge and the kids won't really understand or appreciate it till they're older and understand it and i feel like that's where i'm at now i grew up loving this stuff and watching this and watching the conclusion to it was it was just so like wow you finally left and didn't have to worry about what's next, what's going to happen. It was so – you closed the book. You closed the Little Women, Nick. <laughs> great great, great credits too. Yeah. So, and always great credits and you always stayed through. And in, in the credits in that scene specifically, I know what you're talking about. Um, just the mentions to these people who have been playing these characters forever. And I, I, I hope they never redo them. I really hope this is something they don't touch, and I, well, and if they do, just don't let me be around because it. I want Iron Man to always be, you know. I want Tony Stark to always be Robert Downey Jr. I always want Thor to be Hemsworth. Like, don't ever replace these people for me, please. You've already replaced Batman three times, and please <laughs> stop it. <laughs> this is our, they they have done Batman more than 3 times, which is insane. I know, but I in know. like the past decade it's been three In the times. past decade, that's all I meant. So anyways, um number 1 will be very 
part. Yeah. Y- y- you'll understand, number one. But I'm ready to send this over to you, man. For those who want to listen to the Boylan Ross podcast, talk about Avengers Endgame in more detail. That was episode 87. So, Boyle, 25 episodes ago. Think about that. We've done two episodes this week, but we've only done 25 episodes since May. Uh, sorry, huh. yeah, May of 2019. So it's just funny to think about how uh, <laughs> how little we were able to see each other over the summer and do movies. Um, if you want to listen to us talk about Baby Driver, episode 34 of the Bowling Rise podcast. That was wow. June 30th of 2017. I had just come back from Australia Yep, about the week before. Um, so think about that. That's where we were. Um, <laughs> all right, Boyle. On that episode, we also talked about the movie Rough Night. Do you even remember watching it? Rough Night? Yeah. Oh. I had to Google search it to remember what it was even about. It's the Scott Johansson movie where it's women all partying for like a bachelorette party. Oh my God, yes. The minute you just said it, I was like, yep, no, I can remember everything about it now. Because at first when you said Rough Night, I thought Date Night, which was a great movie. And then I'm like, no, Date Night was a great movie, so it's not that one. <laughs> game Night, I meant Game Night. Um, yeah. But rough night, I remember that. And dude, some twists. I was like, oh, okay, I wasn't expecting that. Um, Boyle, my number one favorite movie of the decade. It came out in 2010. I saw it probably with you, Boyle. It's a good chance we saw it in theater at the Seekonk 110, which I think no, we're going to say the same thing, which no longer exists because I think we did this for Duel of Redundancy like two months ago. I think that's why we're going to say the same thing. Um, I logged this movie retroactively. Oh, I saw it on July 6, 2010. So remember I told you all the ticket subs? Yes, that's the exact day I saw this. I saw this movie July 16, 2010, six and a half months into the new decade. And I saw my favorite movie of the decade, which is kind of a bad sign that I basically could have stopped right there and been like, I saw that. I'm never going to see another better thing. That was like a horror movie, Michaela walking in behind you. Ooh, that just scared me. You were blocking the door and all of a sudden I see someone behind you. I was like, boil. Run, run. Uh, Dude, that was terrifying. I heard the footsteps. I'm like, I'm about to die. <laughs> just favorite movies of the decade, and I think I saw better movies this decade, but this is my favorite. Inception. Boyle, uh, is, it, is that your it is, one as well? It's my number one. There we go. It is. Wow. We it are is. so basic. We so are. So basic. I watched it again like two years ago or a year and a half ago, and I was like, this is really good, but, uh, you know, it was my favorite movie of the decade. Dude, uh, I broke that down for months after. I did so much research so on much. what, the, dude. I that was tried. like, I remember seeing it in theaters, and all our friends were like, "Dude, that's life changing. Like, best movie we've ever seen. Like, it incredible was. movie. It was incredible. And the practical effects that Christopher Nolan had in that movie was incredible. Upon rewatch, I was like, this movie had far less personality and emotion to it. And like, so yeah. Look, I'm just basing this off of like what my favorite at the time of when I saw it. And at the time, this was like the bad mamma jamma of movies. Like, yeah, this is the movie for my mm-hmm. generation. Inception. Probably Baby Driver is probably my favorite movie of the decade now, but it came out so late in the decade. But Inception, let's talk about it real quick. Okay. What a cast, boil in this movie. Leonardo, the cast alone is unreal. Leonardo DiCaprio, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Ellen Page, meh. Killian Murphy, Ken Watanabe, Marion Courtyard, Tom Hardy, Michael Caine, uh, Pete Postlewaite. Um, you have Lucas Hedges in it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, he's in all our favorite movies. That was awesome. Uh, he was in, actually the baby yeah, in the he, backyard. He, the baby. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. Just an incredible movie. And it just 
amazing ending, amazing the world that Christopher Nolan built with this movie. I know. Um, and some of the special effects and the cool acting. And it's just a cool movie. You just feel cool. And it's a heist. And you're like, wait a minute. It's a movie that like halfway through you're like, wait a minute. I still – like, what, how does this work again? Like what's going on? Like we're, we're a dream within a dream within a dream. But wait. I know. How? Amazing. Um, Incredible. So yeah. so, yeah. Boy, what are your thoughts on the movie? So what I think – you know, and just throwing this out there too. Could you imagine if? All right, come on. If uh, okay. If uh, if we had this movie, and then you know how Christopher Nolan's coming out with Tenant in like a couple months, <laughs> like it'd be nuts if when Tenant comes out, like that's the next Inception. Like so, like in ten At years the down the road, in ten years down the road, we're like, dude, best of the decade, number one, Tenant, man. Like I just can't believe it happened again. <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> Like and it's all about and the movie is about like you and me going back in time and realizing that we like it and no just I know right like did we like it and was it overrated and I've seen I've seen nine of Christopher Nolan's twelve films that have been quote unquote released to date and the three movies I haven't seen are his student films mm-hmm. um so yeah you could say I'm a big fan of Christopher Nolan's work I'm a big yeah. Fan. Uh, I, you know, there, I, is there much to talk about? Because you you laid out the synopsis. The movie was great, um, and it's enjoyable. And I I can't tell you the last time I honestly saw it. And that was again another one of those pleasure views I'm going to do after the Oscars. Um, was just treat myself to this movie because you know when Oscar time comes around, you just it's crunch time. You watch everything you possibly can for the Oscars, and then after it's like. There's no good movies for a month, so you might as well treat yourself to something that you haven't seen in a while. So I am looking forward to that. But, you know, the concept of the dream inside of a dream inside of a dream to plant an idea, like just so cool. And and um, and how people have to fight their own inner demons in order to either accept that. It, it just the idea is incredible. And um, bravo to him. If you haven't seen Inception, I mean, what are you doing? It's a Go movie. It's it. a movie that everyone who came of age around that time, like I think, if you're between the ages of, I want to say, if you're between the ages of like 26 and like 29, that mm-hmm. might be your favorite movie of the decade because you were because you just remember that feeling walking that theater, being like, whoa, like I've seen. You can honestly say I've never seen anything like that before. And there honestly, was no sort of thrillers before that, not like that. And think about I how mean, like, like you have you have Zodiac and all those other great ones. Oh, don't this, get me wrong, this movie but like melts not like, like science this. fiction and yes. like amazing visual effects wrapped into a really interesting race against time. Um, yeah, yeah, boy, like it's and yeah, it's like a, well, no, what are you gonna say? I was going to say the only, you know the only thing is is that let's also recognize the fact of the the complexity of this movie and the fact that at the very end they leave you on such a cliffhanger yeah. that to this day the director Christopher Nolan refuses to let you know what how it actually ended. That's right. That's, he's like that's not the point. And it's like dude, I would I searched up down around the internet back in the day. For twenty for two thousand and ten, I mean, those were days where I mean, not even it sounds pathetic, but like it really was a totally different time of technology, and um, I remember I searched articles for days, dude, days and hours spent on finding stuff. I gotta find the answer, and I I never could, because all you'd find everywhere was he literally didn't tell anyone what he wanted that ending to actually be, and I love that. 
I love that. Never tell us. Forever. It's like when, um, what was the movie I was just watching when they had never seen, oh no, it was uh, This Is Us, and they had never seen the end of Goodwill Hunting, so the whole time they kept like, their whole thing was like they would tell each other like a fake ending of how it probably ended, and then, you know, now they're like in their late 30s or early 40s, whatever it was, and um, and they share with each other, they actually sit and watch the actual ending. They never saw it for the you know thirty years of their existence. You know, they just stuck to their word. They promised they never watch it. So it was just so cool, like you know, for them to have that. But like, I never want that. I never want that. I never want the answer. I want to never know what happened with that top. I want to believe so. that it's his real life. You saw. I know him. you do. If the movie was maybe a little bit better, you have like I don't know. I don't know if that's the, the possible. dark side of that movie. If 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 the movie was maybe like a little bit better. Like you have a little bit more emotional connection to Cobb, but it's okay. You give it a pass. You're like, I wanna, I wanna hope for him and his sake that, yeah, <laughs> that it's real. What's happening? And if you've never yeah. seen it before, I don't want to give it away too much. But no, nope. understand. Yeah. All right. So this was a power packed episode, dude. It really was, man. It's uh, this. We're at the hour and twenty minute mark. Thank you to everybody who listens this far, and thank you for all the kind words that people have said about the podcast. We started it we say it all the time we did our 100 anniversary our 100 episode anniversary a while ago so i'm not going to rehash it but we've been doing this now for we did it for the second half of the decade really and we've seen a lot of movies so um you know at, well at the very least we've seen 112 movies but obviously we know much more <laughs> um so thank you and and please send us your suggestions for underrated movies of 2019 your favorite movies of the decade maybe we left some off the list if you got this far Please go listen to Dual Redundancy and listen to the Oscar podcast and see what we got right, what we'll get wrong. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. It's been a great decade of movies. Boyle and I, I think it's fair to say that we really came of age in terms of watching quality movies this decade. This is the first decade yep. where we were adults and we're able to pick and choose what movies we wanted to see and see stuff that we definitely wouldn't have seen when we were 15. But now we're mm -hmm. seeing when we're, you know, almost 28 now. Yeah. Um, and uh, quickly, honorable mention for the uh, 2000s, um, Adventureland, underrated movie. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Great movie. Great movie. We saw that together, Boyle and I. We were like, wow, yeah, we did. that was deep, man. That was deep. Movie. Yeah. We, yeah. We definitely did not like obse observe and report. <laughs> we were like, <laughs> what was that? We just had a funny experience for it. It was just like, what just happened? Yeah. What did we just see? Literally, yep. what did we just see? Yeah. Um, we should have been doing the podcast back then. It's a it's a shame we weren't. Shame we weren't. Yep. Boyle, anything else to add? It's crazy to me that twenty one and twenty two Jump Street came out in this decade, but also deserve like a great shout out for how well those movies are a good comedic relief as well. Just throw, that's random, but I'm throwing it out there. Repeat that because I I saw that John Mulaney is announced to host SNL on February 29th. That's great news. That is. I will um, not repeat anything I said. What? <laughs> you'll okay. appreciate it when you right. it back yeah when I go to edit it sounds good Yeah, I might just cut that part out yeah boy I absolutely agree with you so <laughs> um, that's it for the show All right, follow the show on Twitter like I said Instagram and Do it. thank you so much for listening let's Do send it. it over I mean this is such a long episode but let's send it over to review my parents saw a few movies uh, over the last few weeks and uh, one of them that they did not like they're going to talk about right now Take it away, mom and dad.
Bye. Bye. This is Cookie and Kristen. And we just saw Harriet. Uh, let me just say, I think that this movie had some good intentions, but the execution and the delivery just wasn't there. I thought the acting was weak for the people that they had cast in the film. And the one thing that really irked me even more so was the inauthenticity of the film. The costumes I felt were of the time period, but yet they didn't even look like they had ever been really worn. I mean, they were just perfect, clean. And I don't like when you do a time period film especially in the 1800s, and and people have perfectly manicured fingernails and gleaming white smiles when they're supposed to be working on the farm or farm hands. It's just, I just feel like, just do the little bit extra. So for me, I just, I don't know, I didn't really, and the music was Hallmark. Why? Why do a movie if it's not going to be accurate? Like that, I think it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful to... Harriet Tubman, who obviously is a, a an American hero, and why would you disrupt her actual story? It wasn't interesting enough. Come on, yeah, I know. Give me yeah. a break. You know, yeah. like there's no need to do that kind of stuff when it's a, a great story. Her the history, plus. You know, you don't want... We're in an age where misinformation is abundant. Mm -hmm. Why? Mm -hmm. Why you do this Mm -hmm. and take away from Mm -hmm. our our heroes? You know? So I just... that It's disrespectful. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, the intention was there, but the execution wasn't. I give this movie three out of ten simply because... You have the title of the movie, Harriet, is said throughout. Two, uh, there were two Oscar nominations. Ergo, I give it three stars. You? Okay. I mean, yeah, I guess so. I was going to say, you know, one, just because, like I said, it was disrespectful, but... Um, you don't have to give it the star because of the movie name. No, I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Maybe she puts, she puts some energy in it, mm-hmm. into it. I just didn't think her performance was there. She's a good actor. I've seen yeah. another stuff. Mm-hmm. This just wasn't there, man. I don't mm-hmm. know if it wasn't. I, it's the writing. I mean, yeah. that's you, what you yeah. blame is the writing. Yeah. You know, the actors can only do so much with the writing they're being given. And directing, being too. I mean, give me, some, give me yes. some more. Yes. So I gave it three. You give it what? One? Yeah. One. Okay. All right. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Hey, this is Cookie and... Kristen. And we just saw... Yes, oh. on what? Oh, there it is. There it is. Marriage Story on the Netflix. On the Netflix, yeah. So uh, if we sound awful, it's because we have colds. I didn't have one until Kristen gave it to me. Um, but it was fun getting. Anyways, that being said, um, what'd you think? It's true life. I, I think that um, I go to movies to escape reality. Yeah. <laughs> this is reality. It's almost like Ordinary People, Kramer versus Kramer. Um, it's, it's not an original story uh, by any means, no. but I think you're absolutely right. I mean, we do try to escape the realism, but I think it's this generation's Kramer versus Kramer right. and this generation's Ordinary People. I mean, well acted. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 
a great performance from Adam Driver. Um, I think he did better than than she did. Not because I wanted him to win. The... I know. I think we were both, you know, actually taking sides here, and uh, you know, hey, you have to, but you kind of have to see both sides of it too. Yeah. You know, but um, it was tough. It two people who clearly cared for each other. Yeah. But, and I said it during the movie, didn't do a good job of communicating that or didn't do a good job of hearing each yeah. other. Um, so I think that's, you know, at the, at the core of it. Sidebar, did you think Laura Dern deserved the Golden Globe? I mean... She, globe, because I know Nick's going to make fun of that. I said Globe. Oh, yeah. Um, she does a good job, but I don't, I don't know. I don't you know said she was very glamorous. Yeah, I mean... I guess Where was Ray Liotta? How come he doesn't get a nomination? But I guess she portrayed, maybe she reminded people of, of their defense, their their attorney, you know, yeah, divorce, divorce lawyers, yeah. And this is how they. Well, it is the French foreign it. press, though. So yeah, yeah. it's so. not the French. The it's just the foreign press. Yeah. Yeah. Well, France is foreign. Anyways, that being said, uh, what do you give this movie? I don't know if it's going to be nominated for anything. Um, it didn't. It only won one of uh, Netflix's uh, nominations of movies, The Irishman, and this movie only won one Golden Globe last night. Um, I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. I'll give it uh, probably like a six and a half, seven. Oh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. That's why we're still together. I, <laughs> I wouldn't go much higher than that, just because, like you said, it's not original. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't breaking any new ground with yeah. it. Um, yeah. so, so. Six and a half? Yeah. Six and a half. That's it. Back to you guys. Bye. Bye.